Episode 38 Over the next three days, patrols fanned out through and around Christmastown. Helicopters inched like hummingbirds over the dome, looking for breaches. The guards at the gates questioned those who entered and exited, and were questioned themselves. Security tapes from the past week, and then the past two weeks, were reviewed. The guest workers' tent city was raided. No one seemed to know or have seen any large, extremely creepy man or animal. He had left no trace of himself in the forest. There was maybe a dent at the base of the oak tree where he'd slept, but quality of life could have made that during their rounds. At police headquarters, one floor below the mayor's office, Jackie met with the chief. Blueprints of the city sprawled on the table in front of them. Jackie remembered the first time she had seen the scale model in Harry's office, how radiant and placid Christmastown had looked from above. How impenetrable. But the blueprints told another story. The maze that was the underground storage facility extended well beyond the boundaries of Christmastown proper. On the blueprint, the dome looked like the yolk of a fried egg. This is a weakness, said Jackie, tapping her pencil eraser all over the egg white. The dome's surveillance system can't reach down here. This man could easily have tunneled in from outside. The chief shook his head. The facility's encased in concrete. But a tunnel could start miles outside the boundary, Jackie said. It would be easy to hide an entrance, in a cave or under a bunch of brush. We don't have all these areas covered. An individual or group of people could tunnel up to the wall and then blow a hole in the concrete with dynamite. That's unlikely, said the chief. We'd notice an explosion like that, even if it were underground. How? Do we have cameras that far out? Or sensors in the retaining wall itself? The chief looked at the floor. I thought so, Jackie said. And once someone has gotten in there, they'll be extremely hard to root out. Talk about a place to hide. The facility is a labyrinth. Plus, think of all the buckets of caramel popcorn and pretzels that people have stored down there. A person, or anything, could live for months. The chief rubbed his chin. I suppose that's possible, he said, in theory. I don't like theories, Jackie said. I want to see for myself. One of Christmastown's most popular amenities was the gift storage service. Every Tuesday, families placed the items they needed stored that week out on the curb. Trucks collected the items and transported them to the facility, where they were labeled and arrayed on numbered shelves in the family's designated area. The items and their shelf numbers were all logged into a database. Families could visit the facility to view or retrieve items at any time, but hardly any had taken advantage of this option. They received weekly updated lists of their stored items in the mail. Jackie sometimes read the list of Molly's gifts to her at bedtime. It was a story without end, but most people didn't even open the envelope. And Jackie herself, to her embarrassment, had never been to the facility either. With the police chief and the commissioner of storage, she descended in the buzzing elevator. Down, down, even farther down than she expected, beneath the vast and mysterious server farm that kept the dome running, below even the water and sewage systems. The elevator seemed to get smaller as it plunged, and the air thicker. Jackie rubbed her bare arms and tried to smile at the commissioner. His name was Roy, but he preferred being called commissioner. As a former accountant, he had never in his life believed he'd have such a title. Christmastown had given it to him. At last, the elevator came to rest with a gentle bounce. The doors opened and revealed a clerk sitting at a neat desk, wearing a green jumpsuit and familiar-looking gray glasses. It was Melvin, Jackie's old boss at Carlsmart. She'd heard he had made it here, but she had no idea he was here. "'Welcome,' Melvin shouted and leapt up from behind his desk to shake hands. "'I'm so glad you've come for the tour. This is an excellent facility, a state-of-the-art facility. Hell, it's more impressive than the Dome, if you ask me. Yet nobody ever comes down here.' Do you think people even know about the tours we offer? Maybe we could print up brochures. 
Melvin had made it all the way to Christmas Town, Jackie thought, just to spend his days underground. Could he really like working in the facility this much? If he didn't, CED, in a sense, had failed him. Melvin asked his visitors to sign in, helpfully clicking the ballpoint pen for them. He offered them earplugs like the ones he was wearing, which resembled orange circus peanuts. The constant roaring, he explained, was a combination of industrial-strength dehumidifiers, air conditioners, and fans. These state-of-the-art technologies ensured that all non-perishable items would remain in perfect condition for centuries. You will find it a little cool in there, if I may suggest, Melvin said, eyeing Jackie's bare shoulders. She accepted a green facility jacket from him. She was glad Harry couldn't see her now, in stiletto heels, hunched into what looked like an army jacket, orange peanuts poking out of her ears. Melvin punched a code into a keypad, and the two steel doors behind his desk drew slowly open. The roaring, which the earplugs did little to mitigate, poured into the anteroom like a fire. "'Go on in,' Melvin shouted. "'Don't forget the map. The tours are self-guided, though you, of course, have the best guide of all,' he nodded to the commissioner, who offered the barest nod in return. "'I suggest you use one of the electric carts there,' Melvin said. "'It's a big place. Damn, I wish I had time to go with you. I never get tired of the facility. It's different every time you go in.' He offered a jaunty, slightly uncontrolled salute, and the doors closed behind the band of travelers. Electric mini-trucks hauled trailers up and down the aisles, wide as two-lane streets. But rather than storefronts or houses, these streets were lined from floor to ceiling with objects of every possible color, shape, and size, on huge industrial shelves that merged at a vanishing point in the distance. The map showed a grid of these streets, but instead of poetic names like Angel Street, where Jackie's family lived, they were designated by letters and numbers that corresponded, the commissioner explained, to the axes of the grid. A family's gifts might reside at the address BB27, GGG621, level C11. Molly's gifts alone, the commissioner noted, occupied 20 entire blocks. Row upon row of circular lamps blasted light down from the high ceilings, and yet the overall impression was of darkness. The cart glided down aisle D. Jackie sat beside the commissioner, who drove. The police chief sat behind them, facing backward. If either of them spoke, Jackie didn't notice. The roaring consumed her attention. She began to imagine that the sound came from the gifts themselves. Colors, shapes, noises, and textures blended into a mural, like one might find inside some foreign pagan temple. Banished, the gifts had become vengeful deities. She suddenly felt the need for Jesus's protection. "'Lord, can you see this?' she asked. "'Can you see this down here?' Shockingly, more than a few Molly dolls occupied the shelves. Their plump little arms reached out toward the yellowish light, offering embraces that were not returned. This had to be the result of an error. No winner would intentionally treat Molly so callously. It was all Jackie could do not to jump out of the cart and grab all the dolls off the shelves. But she had nowhere to put them. She would come back tomorrow, she decided, and note which families had discarded, or rather stored, their Mollies. She would have her assistant call them and offer to bring them back up. Jackie pulled her jacket up around her neck and pushed her earplugs in farther. She forced herself to remember why she'd come here in the first place. As mayor, she was responsible for her people's safety, which also meant their integrity. Christmastown's legitimate residents had literally given their all to live here. The interloper in the forest might have intended no harm, but any intruder represented an attack on the winner's good faith and hard work. Jackie had sworn to keep Christmastown's promise to its chosen people, that their citizenship meant something. This was not like other places where just anyone could live. One earned one's home here. If the winners doubted that promise, Christmastown was history. And Jackie? She would crumble with the city. The bright lights overhead created deep shadows. 
jammed together on the shelves, things morphed obscenely into other things. Was that a stuffed tiger looking down at them, or a human face? Was that motion, some battery-powered device winding down, or a hand closing around a weapon? Was that guy way up on the ladder a real facility worker? A hundred monsters could be perched on the high shelves, planning an invasion. Plus, with all the noise, you could set off ten bombs in here, and no one would even hear them. The commissioner leaned toward Jackie and shouted, I think of this facility as Christmas Town's foundation. Without this, you know, the town wouldn't exist. This stuff, I mean these gifts, is the reason we're all here. Jackie shuddered. The facility was chaos, draped in a feeble mesh of order. And what about earthquakes? What if the water pipes above them burst? The facility could swallow the dome and everybody under it in a heartbeat. All these gifts wouldn't keep the town afloat. And why should they? The gifts bearing the love of thousands of givers had been forgotten. The police chief turned around from his front seat. I agree with the commissioner, and it's because of you, Madam Mayor. All this is because of CED and you. It took Jackie a minute to realize that the chief was not accusing, but thanking her. Like the commissioner, he watched the passing cacophony with a smile on his face. At last, mercifully, the self-guided tour ended. The travelers emerged from the elevator into blue, sparkling Christmas town. I want cameras at all intersections down there, Jackie said, and 24-hour security patrols in the aisles. The police will all have to do double shifts, the chief said, and will have to bring in more, um, non-resident workers. Otherwise, we won't have the manpower. Do it, said Jackie. Screen the you-know-what out of those guest workers.